Hello everyone and welcome to episode four of Behind the Journey. This is the show where myself and Sam Spencer discuss all the, well, what really happened for the last seven days and hopefully there's some things that you can learn from it. We also do a Q&A right at the end, so um, hopefully it provides value. We're discussing how to start a business, what to do and how to move forward with your career. Facebook isn't working. Wow. What, what an amazing statement you just made there. It's almost iconic. How many times <laughs> do we hear, have we heard this? And how many times do we have to explain that? I think this is the key thing that, you know, I say, I say that a lot, actually. It's starting to annoy me, that phrase, I always say. I keep saying the key thing is, which is really annoying, actually. But anyway, um, I think one of the things that everyone has to focus on is that, look, First of all, not everything's going to work for your business. That is the first and foremost. The second thing is, unless you're an expert, you have no right to say that something doesn't work. You know, I, I think I've said before, like, if I was a, if I wanted to do some plastering and it didn't quite work, I can't say that plastering doesn't work. I'm not a plasterer. Like, I have no right to say that plastering doesn't work. And that's exactly the same reason that people say, when they say face it doesn't work, it's like, well, you have no idea what you're doing. I've looked into accounts before where people have kind of gone, Pete, I don't think, I, think, I love what you said and everything, but I don't think Facebook's really working for my business. And then you open it up and they haven't even got a pixel installed on their site. It's like, well, that's probably the reason why Facebook isn't working for your business. So I hear it all the time. I hear Facebook doesn't work. I'm hearing it more so now than ever before because of all the hype around Facebook. You know, when people start going, Facebook's the best thing ever and they try it and it doesn't work, then obviously more people doing it and more people say it. So I think that it's just more a case of, it's just an outlandish, stupid statement, but I do say statements like myself. I do say the print is dead a lot. I do say Twitter is dead a lot, so I do understand it, but I, I don't know what you think, but I've heard it a lot more recently. I've been hearing it a lot recently. That's why I brought it up, but do you ever think that it doesn't work? Ooh. Um, so I was in a meeting today, which I know we shouldn't talk about on this episode, but I was in a meeting today, and the guy actually turned to me and said, does Facebook work, Pete? And he's like, he goes, I know you're a social media guy and everything, but does Facebook actually work? And I said, well, it depends on what you want to achieve. Like, what do you want? Like, do you want sales? What's your market? Are you B2B? Are you B2C? Like, what do you want, do you want to achieve? Because depending on what you achieve or want to achieve depends on what strategy and what platform and what marketing you should do. So yeah, I don't think Facebook does work in some cases at all. But in other cases, it's phenomenal and it can grow your brand really, really fast. And it just depends what you want to achieve. So if you want to go and achieve like world domination right now, you know, in the B2C market, then debatably there's no better place. But if you're kind of focusing really, really B2B on a real niche sort of wind turbine business, then I wouldn't bother. There's better ways to spend your money. So yeah, some things it doesn't work. And in other cases, it works brilliantly. But the key thing is, I believe, is focusing on trying lots of other areas, seeing what works better. Because if you just ignore it because you think that, you know, John tried it down the road and it didn't work very well for him, well, John just could be an idiot. John might not have no idea what he's doing. So, you know, to make outlandish statements who haven't tried it or don't have experts that have tried it is, is foolish. You're only going to just kill yourself down the road. Um, but then on the flip side, you know, I am quite public saying that Facebook's getting quite expensive now. The costs of advertising are increasing. It is a co cause for concern for a lot of big advertisers who are spending a lot of money on Facebook. But then, hey, Presto, guess what? Instagram is a lot more cost-effective. Quora is really cheap. YouTube is really cheap. So there's always going to be places for us to go. I'm not concerned about Facebook not working anymore. There are better places and other places you can spend your money in some cases. So yeah, Facebook, 
doesn't work, yeah, I hear it all the time. Do I listen to it? No, because a lot of the time people who say that have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, I think that especially when people talk about online, like digital social marketing, they go straight for Facebook, like they beeline straight to Facebook and the fact that it might not work and oh, none of like my target audience wants Facebook to buy whatever I'm selling them. But they don't think about every other social media platform out there. Like there's new ones springing up every week. I mean, TikTok's like now a new one that Coinmaster has started uh, advertising on a lot. I don't know if you've seen that <laughs> that advert. I just remember when TikTok was, I think it was Musical.ly, like back in the yeah, day and yeah. everyone was hyping about it and it's still there. And they're doing a big push now, TikTok, to get more users. It's obviously the place where the young young demographics sit. And, and that's a key thing. You know, you've got to know where your market sits. You've got to know where everyone sits because you can just reel off all these great social platforms, but you know, uh, you're know, you not going to be able to sell wills on TikTok. Do you know what I mean? So it's it depends. It varies. Um, but yeah, everyone just, you're right. Everyone goes after Facebook. They think Facebook is the reason. Facebook's rubbish or Facebook's on this. It kind of brandish everything with the one big brush, but that's completely wrong. We all know that. Uh, I'm kind of sick of the conversation, if I'm honest. Like, so many times I've heard Facebook doesn't work. I'm like, well, it doesn't work for you or you're an idiot. You don't have to use it or you haven't gone for expert advice or, you know, I don't do my accounts because I don't know how to be an accountant. It doesn't mean accounts don't work. It's just a ludicrous statement to make. So um, I ignore it now. I just get on my own thing. And it's like the same people who say that Facebook isn't a good place to, to grow your B2B business when I've spent more money on Facebook advertising for my B2B business than any other platform because it just over-indexes. Um, I am spending more on Instagram now, but I've always spent more over the time on Facebook. So people, you know, you always hear these big statements from people who don't know how to do it, don't understand how to do it, and think they're an expert at everything. So I just don't, don't listen to it anymore. Because yes. we're, so, we're the practitioner. We see it every single day. We understand it works. I'll sit here on a podcast, on any video, and tell you that Facebook is the place to be at the moment. The end. At the moment. So as, as we know, behind the journey is kind of a place where we go a little bit deeper than just the vlog, where we can say, say if like a bit more than we'd be able to put out into the, in the vlog. And one of the things is campaign of the year that's mm. coming up. Talk we, to me. So we had, a, we had a meeting with Brad and Mike, literally like the quickest 15 minute meeting about all the different awards that we wanted to go for, didn't want to go for. And there was a, like a little gray area where he kind of got stuck on what to do. With yeah, I, I know what you're talking about now. I had no idea when you first started that. I had literally no idea what you're talking about. But um, regionally, we've won, just for everyone listening who has no idea what I'm talking about, regionally, we've won best uh, marketing campaign of the year um, for the last three years. And that's for a whole host of different campaigns. Um, and, and they've been really awesome campaigns. And I've got to the point now where Distract as an agency is the biggest in the region. And um, we're notorious for being the, the, the agency to beat, I guess is the right terminology. You know, if... If there's us and someone else going for the campaign, you know, we're the, I guess we're the favorite, but we're also the one to beat, which puts us in a really interesting position. It's, it's brilliant. I, I like how the whole marketing world's changed around here. It's, it's fascinating to watch and be part of. Um, but like I said, we've won it for the past three years. And as a managing director and a, and a marketing lover, I, I don't like the fact that, that you can win it three years in a row because it, 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 it sounds quite bad, but it stops anyone else wanting to apply because they think they know the winner before they start. So we're sat in a position right now where if we go for marketing campaign of the year, first of all, if you lose it, you know, you've lost your three, I can't boast and see it, we've won it for three years in a row. But second of all, if we win it, I feel like that's just going to kill the whole competition off. I think, I think that's come out wrong. I feel like it's going to make no one else bother ever 
because everyone will be like, oh, I just try to win that one. I don't want that to happen. I love the fact of the competitive nature in the industry. I love the, com- the fact that regionally there's a good bit of banter around the agencies and it has a bit of fun. I just feel that if we win it again, it will crucify us. But then if we don't enter it, it looks like we haven't been shortlisted for it. And there's this whole debate around the agency now, whereas you know, Brad, Brad, our business partner, is very much, Pete, let's not bother. Just let someone else go for it. Whereas Mike's kind of like, but we need to be up for these awards. These are the awards that, that, that make a big difference for the agency. And then I'm kind of sat in the middle because when it comes to these things, I don't like making the key decision. This sounds quite strange, actually, moving on a different point. I like people being able to make their own decisions and feel empowered by their own decisions. So I like Mike being our head of PR to decide what awards we go for. But then I like Brad as our ops director to have a say in the direction he wants to take the company. So I've got to kind of balance both arguments. And for me, I want to enter. I think we can enter probably three campaigns for campaign of the year. And and do really well but at the same time i don't want to kill off the the great buzz that's happening in the marketing space regionally and i think that's one of the real difficult places we're in and you could listen to this podcast and say you know pete's just been a bit arrogant there like who to how dare he say he's going to win the campaign of the year again and and true i could could fail it i could completely lose i don't know i want to know your opinion on this one actually if you're at home like just just send me a dm on instagram like you always do and just say like you know should we go for the award or should we just sponsor the awards? You know, should we be the bigger person and give the award away? That, that's kind of where I'm going with that. I spoke to the organizer and said, look, rather than applying, can we, can we announce the winner? Um, but then they're telling us to apply because it would be cool if we win it again. I, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. It's one of those where I don't know which way to sit on it. And I've kind of kicked the can down the road so I don't have to make a decision. But I know that eventually it'll be like deadline day and I'll have to make a decision there and then. And you, you know how it goes. So it was a good evening as well. It was a good bit of fun. And um, the team love it when we win campaign of the year because obviously it means that they've done great work and everyone loves the, the projects they're working on. So yeah, hard one, hard one. So we had a morning um, doing a talk for Business Hive. We went to this lovely manor house and people had like breakfast whilst you spoke about things to look out for in 2019. Now, that was a long video. It was something, I think it was like 15, 20 minute long episode. Do you want to just break down like a few of the key parts just to like reel off quickly? Yeah, so it was a really good event. I've been working with the guys at Business High for quite a while. They've been, um, they put me in touch with a lot of their members to help develop their business, which is always good fun. Um, so whenever they want to give a big push towards marketing and social media, they always give me a call, which is always, which is always amazing. Um, the two main points for the whole event are quite interesting, actually, because... Um, it's exactly what I'm doing this very second. Um, the first one is um, becoming a, a person of interest, a key person of influence, you know, putting your, putting your brand out there through yourself and you know, really pushing the boundaries of, of all time. You know, get yourself everywhere, podcasts, videos, blog posts, just get yourself everywhere, speaking events, become the go-to in your marketplace because the, the upside that has is absolutely phenomenal. And you know, a lot of you could listen to this podcast and go, you know, Pete and Sam are really kind of pushing the boundaries here in terms of the amount of content they're putting out. And if you did listen to and watch all of our content on YouTube, Facebook, and uh, podcasting, etc., you honestly could spend hours on it. You could absolutely kind of cripple yourself in the amount of content. But truth me, I want you to listen to this because this is, you're on the journey, right? This is ROI positive. Us sitting here on for an hour doing a podcast and planning for a podcast and going away is ROI positive. It, it makes It makes us money. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. Well, actually, it's a lie. I probably still would do it because I'm just obsessed with documenting this journey. However, I said this, and I was very open with the fact across, you know, on all these 
to all these speakers that you have to do this now. In 2019, you have to put become a key person influence in your industry. You have to make sure that everyone knows you as the guy to go to. You know, even today, like I was on the phone call with the prospect to have to rearrange a meeting because of something that's come up, and which is fine. And they said, and the MD, who I've never spoke to before ever, said, You're really strange, I was in Derby the other day, and someone said, oh, you need to speak to Peter Watson from Distract. His content's everywhere. Now, what else do you need? Like, you've got a prospect that's trying to organize a meeting, and someone they spoke to said, speak to Peter Watson from Distract. That is like 50% of closer of getting that deal done. You're like 50% closer than you need to be to get that deal over the line. And it's as simple as just putting content out there all the time. So I would say that that is the key thing. Put your content all the time. And the other thing that I spoke about was kind of just never, never look at the numbers. Like don't get bogged down with looking at the view count. The view counts don't matter. We're, we're talking about single digits here. Like one viewer matters. Like if you watch this content and you watch my vlog and you watch everything, I appreciate you so much because that is what it's about. I'm, I'm all about making this content for the real depth of the user and the consumer rather than getting loads of people once. I want you to listen to the podcast. I want you to look at the Instagram content. I want you to go into YouTube and subscribe. I want you to do all that stuff. And that's what I, that's what I want because then there's more brand advocates out there. There's more people saying great things. And, and guess what? There's more people following the journey. I don't care if you're here for one video and you see one video of a vlog. I don't care if you watch 100 of them, 200 and 300 of them, and you follow us for the next 20 years. That's what I want. Uh, and that's where real brand, brand endorsement comes from. So yeah, that's the two things I spoke about mainly was become a key person of influence and don't look at the numbers. Like Just focus on just getting it done, consistency, pushing the boundaries forward all the time. So we had a meeting that we couldn't record, and there was um, a point where there was a discussion about contracts. And um, in the car on the way back, you were talking about sticking to like, your business aims. Like what, how do you decide what your business aims are, what your business goals are? Like what's the process? So um, a lot of the time it's, so I don't just quite think miraculously overnight. So that was someone who said that we don't do contracts, we do rolling, con we do rolling agreements. And I was like, nah, I'm not a fan of that. And the reason I'm not a fan of that is because it makes things complicated. The moment you get something black and white as a contract drafted by a solicitor, you know that whatever's in that document stands. And I, it's no gentleman's agreements, handshakes, whatever. I basically, not too long ago, did a favor for someone, um, handshake deal. It shut me in the foot. It cost me thousands. And what, what did it take? It's taken me literally 10 minutes to draft the contract and 30 seconds for him to sign it, and there have been no issues. And that's because they kept pushing the boundaries of what they wanted, what they expected, therefore I had to keep doing it and keep delivering it, and then, therefore it cost me a fortune. I made no money in the project. Waste of time. So um, from learning, learning from losing, essentially. So that one was... He didn't want a contract, I did. He wanted a rolling contract. I, I didn't do anything less than six. If you push me, 12 months is what I, what I aim for. Um, because I've looked at our data before. This is true. A lot of you guys do this when you go home, like when you get to work, like have a look at the data. I used to do three month contracts. And then I did six month contracts and 12 month contracts. And if someone signs for three months, they're not really committed. They're just in there for the short term. So you have a higher, t a higher churn rate. If you get it at six months and 12 months, they buy more into the service, they buy more into your people and you can get campaigns working better at that point. And I basically just did a full financial plan and tested it over the last, last two years that if people sign for six months, they stay longer. Just stay longer. Like results could be exactly the same, but they just stay on because they're more committed to you as an agency. Whereas three months is more in, out, in, out. And no one wants that. No one wants that sort of instability in their business. So um, yeah, the reason I was like, no, we do do... I mean, what, what actually happened was the guy said we don't do contracts. And if that's a problem, we can no longer go any further forward. And I said, oh, we do do contracts, so it is gonna be a problem. So should we just end the conversation here? 
and then he quickly came around. No, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And that's what, you know, people are all big when it comes to, this is my rule book and I stand by it. Well, if you have your own rule book, stand by it. Like, if he was a no-contract man and he really believed in being a no-contract man, well, he should have stood for it there and then. I stood for it. I wasn't going to do anything with that contract. I stood for my side. If he really was a no-contract man, he would have gone, sorry, Pete, yeah, let's leave it there. We're a no-contract person. But he wasn't. He went with it. Um, so, yeah, that was a very waffly answer. But you, I hope you got the, got the gist of it. You know, stand by your aims. And you only know your aims when you get either you see big wins from them or you get completely shot down from them. So that's you know, where it's come from. And I have many of them that just, you know, many rules that I don't even know until it comes to the moment. And you'll have a, an opinion or a rule on something. And that, yeah, contracts, six-month minimum is what I stand by now. And these aims and these rules, are these things that you come up with? Do you discuss it with Brad, other people in the team? Like, how does that work? So me and Brad, are, if you've been watching the vlog, you, you, most of you won't even see Brad. I mean, he is um, an absolute workhorse that makes the whole, the whole business tick. But when it comes to business, op business sort of top level, um, Brad knows what I decide, but I don't really speak to him about it because he, I don't do the same for him. Like, I let him do his operational stuff. You know, I don't... I don't care about the HR or, of course, I care about it, but I don't care about the details of it. Like, get it done. Like, just, yeah, fine, sign it off. Accountancy, Brad sort of said, I don't get involved with it. Like, yeah, fine, sign it off. The same way that Brad does this with me, you know, like, I can agree, I can do what I want for new business and client retention stuff because it's the same as Brad. He don't care about it. You just go do it. Yeah, sign it off. So, um, yeah, so it's just stuff that I've learned over time. And, and that's that's what being a small business and a startup's all about. Like, you can just pivot and move and attack straight away. I don't know how long it takes to get like a, a huge contract shift with a big PLC. It takes ages to get that through the line. But with us, it was like, yeah, actually, I'm not feeling this anymore. I'm going to go six or 12, and I can see this from these trends. Like, who do I have to tell? I don't have to tell anyone this. I just do it. Um, so, yeah, it's come from just my own lessons, looking at things itself and, and moving forward. So, yeah. So, Instagram. Yeah. I've heard that you have got a lot of messages to answer to. Are we at the, the question point now? Yeah. So I've had, um, I asked, well, I don't know if anyone, um, anyone who listened to the last podcast, I basically said that if you ask a question um, on, for, on the show and it gets read out, I'll give you a, a book of, a, kind of a book that I recommend. And the book I'm reading at the moment, which is phenomenal, is, um, is called the, um, what's it called? I can't remember the name of it now. I don't know what book you're oh, reading. Man. I tell, <laughs> honestly, if you listen to home, this is actually what happens in my whole life. Like, I have the worst memory ever. It's called the... Slight edge. There you go. So that, this is my life. I forget things like this all the time. Apparently, my dad said it's because I'm too busy. I don't know if that's a thing or not. As if he's just trying to cover for my bad memory. Anyway, so I've got quite a few questions. There's, I then put out, pushed it out again on Instagram story just to get a few more. And I've had, had quite a few in, to be honest with you. There was one I got earlier, which I really wanted to ask. Um, and then the, the other ones I'm going to just pass to Sam to ask because I feel unfair choosing who wins this book. I feel like it's a bit like, it's like bribery almost. So I'm going to find this one that I really liked. Um, here we go. This is from Fran.bella84. Fran I'm going to read them out and give a bit of a shout out. Why not? Um, and she asks, um, do you live, breathe, sleep your business? Do you struggle with downtime? Which I think is a fantastic question because this is something that every entrepreneur and business owner will, will struggle with. You could be literally Sunday at 4 p.m. and all of a sudden you've got an idea for business. So do I, have a, do I struggle with downtime? 100%. 100%. Like it's not even a debate. Like, 100%. I find myself having to force myself with downtown, down, downtime. Like, I remember when I worked um, before, when I, worked, when I was employed, I was fine with downtime. I just, as soon as I walk out the door, I'd switch off. There'd be no thoughts about it. Whereas with this, I'm 
fundamentally all the time thinking about business and it's all the time. And the way, and I, I feel very bad saying this because I haven't run in so long, but when I, I, when I run, I, even when I run, I, I get these creeps of like, thing got business coming to my mind and I have to try and actually physically stop thinking about it or think about something else or listen to music or do something to get myself off it. And, and that's, I completely have to do. That's one of the worst things I have. And my other half, I know, like, are we eating dinner, talking to her, and I'll all of a sudden just grab my phone and start doing something. And she knows, like, full well that I've had something about business that's come into my head. And she just knows that I'm just not in the room for them five minutes while I'm doing something and I'll come back. And it sounds really rude now, and she knows this because we've been together for a while. Like, I'm not being rude, it's just I've just got a rush. Of, and that, there's probably something wrong with you, honest, when I'm saying this. <laughs> it sounds like I'm talking about medical medical helpline. But, like, I'll, just have to, I'll be taken away and I'll be, like, walking, talking about something straight away. I'll be back to the conversation now. I feel like I've missed about five minutes of my life just by being in another world for like five minutes. So I struggle massively with downtime. The only way I've found the way to get around it is by hobbies or doing something you read, something else you love. But I just love the world of business so much that this is kind of a really difficult place because when people have free time, they do things they love. But I love business, so what do I do in my free time? It's kind of like a really hard place to be. So I feel myself forcing hobbies to try and get out of doing business all the time. But then I don't love the hobby as much as I love business, so I'm kind of trapped in that weird thing. So... Well, you could put it down to like, we had like a few days off over Christmas. I had a nice little chill out, saw some of the family came back. I came back and you were like, right, so we're doing this, 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 and this. And I was like, damn, take yeah. a few days off. And, and that's what happens. Like when I'm, when I'm just thinking about things, like that is, that is the, that's the long story short of it. That's like what actually happens. I'm just, I'm just constantly thinking about business. So right, what I've got now is I've got some questions. I'm going to pass them to Sam to decide. And you can just, I feel bad. Like, I know, do, you want, do, you want, do you want to like, Shout me the usernames and I can pick one and it would just be whatever question comes out. Well, you can do, yeah. Okay, so CK19. I'm going to choose 10 here. CK19, Jay Carabell, Can't Find Kev, Drew Smith, William Stokes. I'm going to choose that many. So you decide which one you want because otherwise I'll forget which one I said. So CK19, Jay Carabell, Can't Find Kev, Drew Smith, Mr. William Stokes. We'll go for Can't Find Kev. That's a, that's a cool username, isn't it? Can't find Kev. Who has been the single most inspirational figure in your entrepreneurial pursuit? Horrible question. Hate that question. I don't know. Don't know. The funniest thing is, I was just getting interviewed this morning for PR stuff, and the question was exactly the same. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. They said, um, if you could have one person be your like icon, who would it be? So, if anything, you're prepped for the question. But I, but I am because I, but but I forced the answer for the PR. Like you know when you like they're looking like, give me the answer now. I'm like I, I don't have an answer. I'm like sorry. Um, so the answer is if. I'm going to spin this and say, like, who would I look up to now? And that is Jeff Bezos. Because he has taken, essentially, a bookshop to the biggest brand in the world. Incredible. Like, the, you know, everyone at home is listening. Like, you, you know, you can walk into an Amazon shop now and you walk out about paying. And it just sorts itself out. You watch them license that to every single shop in the UK or in the world. You, you imagine walking into Morrison's and doing the same thing. Like, if they own this, just install whatever it's called, like, Amazon Pay or whatever it's called, I don't know what it's called, into all the normal shops in the high street. And now every single payment you have is now through Amazon. That's crazy. And so he's gone from a bookshop to probably running the whole financial online shopping experience. To be fair, I can see, I can see Jeff Bezos being your uh, go-to because the amount of times you use him as an example when you talk about things, like you'll often say, so for example, well, when we're doing this vlog, you'll always say, imagine if, and you'd always go, Jeff Bezos yeah. was doing it. He's like the person you go to. So I'd say that is... I've got another one that I really like as well. Go on then. 
I feel like I'm. How long have we got on this now? How long have we been doing this for? Uh, we're on about 23, so okay, I well, reckon we've got one We've got one three more. minutes left before I drive time's over. So, Drew Smith. Met Drew, nice guy. Started an agency about a year and a half ago. Um, I was really impressed with what he was doing, actually, so I kind of just reached out to him and said, let's have a chat. He's an awesome guy. So, Drew Smith, how do you go about hiring? Do you value passion over years of experience? Ooh. Now, as we're an agency going through, we're going through a hiring spree at the moment. Um, really interesting question. I value passion over everything everything you could be the most experienced person in the world but if you come in like dragging your you know, your arms on your sides and with no love for the world like why you why would i hire you so i'm passion first all the time like passion is the game but if you can get passion with experience happy days um you can train you can train skill you can't train passion you can't train someone who's going to have fire in their eyes and gonna love what they do you can't train it you never can and i've seen that i've seen that happen i've tried to do that you can't do it you can create experience i can put you next i always say i can put you next to the best person in facebook advertising in the world learn from them, but I can't, you can't learn their, their passion. So there's a lot of things that you just can't teach people and passion is one of them, you just can't teach passion. So I'm fundamentally behind passion and the reason is because I think we wouldn't have got the amount of clients we've got now, especially in the early days, if I wasn't so passionate. Like imagine if I walked up and I was like, just like walked to them like, do you want to sign for social media services? They'd be like, no, but I walked with passion. That's why we got it. And I want to make sure that as an agency, we keep relaying over and over again, the element of passion. Um, because that's what we're about. So, um, Drew, Can't Find Kev, and Fran, uh, send me your address in Instagram and I'll send you um, a copy of the book, The Slight Edge. Um, so, I've, I've answered three. I think I'll do this for the But day, I kind it? of want to answer more. <laughs> um, there was another one which I felt quite, feel quite bad for not answering, actually, yeah. because um, he asked it about right after the episode. So, he listened to the episode, then jumped into the end, and I haven't asked it. Um, so this guy basically said, what time are you on? Am I dry? Do you know what? You got, Forget you got a bit clock. of time. You got a bit of time. So guys has me saying, hey, I've been following your content for quite a while. I need some help and advice. Uh, I hope you can help. I'm 20 years old and I've been pursuing my engineering in mechanical career and I literally hate it. And started, I've started to love marketing, finances, business and organizations. But I need to make a decision on what I do next. Do I continue with my master's or do I go for another field? The major problem I have is I already have huge jet, huge debt to my father, uh, what should I do next? So I said, well, what do you want to do? Which is, the, it sounds such a basic question. And he said, I want to start my own company, right? Now, here's the thing. Well, first of all, I have no idea where this guy's from. So I'm going to base it in the UK, right? The UK, I know the details of the UK market. I would go to university, right? And here's the thing. You go to university, university is the biggest networking circle you ever have in your whole entire life. You'll meet so many people. You'll meet loads of people. You'll be going to your, your business class and you'll be, loving, you'll be loving anything about it, right? You'll be speaking to people, you'll be networking. So change your course, do business. Forget what you're doing now, do, do business. Speak to other like-minded business people, entrepreneurs in the space. Join the local entrepreneur society, there'll be one. You'll meet other entrepreneurs, you'll learn from them. Maybe you'll start a business together. But the key thing is this, you don't have to pay to live. I say this all the time. You're at university. The government is paying for your, your rent. It's paying for your, your living. It's paying for your food. You don't have to worry about paying. So first of all, this debt scenario, forget it. Like the government debt for university doesn't count anyway, right? So just keep, you keep cracking on. And during that three-year process or that two-year process, whatever it may be, you can start a multitude of different businesses and they can all fail. But the problem with business right now is there's a massive, massive fail rate. It's like, I don't even know what it is. It'd be 90% fail rate of startup businesses. So you have to go through the numbers. You have to go through the volume to make sure that you find one that actually works. And the best time to do that is when you don't need to battle for it. Imagine he quit university, 
and he now has no money. He has no de- he's debt, he's got loads of debt, he's got no money. So he's like, crap, I can't, what can I do now? Like, I need to make this business work, and the pressure of making it work would make it die. It would fail, because you've got, you're, you need it to work so badly. So that's one area. Stick at university, network, do your thing, build your business at the side. If you hate it that much, you just hate university, go and get a, a small job in retail, you know, work nine to five in retail, nothing too laborious, nice and easy, nothing too stressful, like I did you know, in car, car audio, just go sell some products, nine to five, and then in the evening or in your lunch break, you start your other project. So you've got something that can get you through the bulk of it, but then between five and nine in the evening, you can start your other brand. And I did that. I did that with two businesses. It's possible. It's fine. But you've just got to work the Saturdays and Sundays as well. You've got to do the five to nines, and you can't have any wastage time. You know that time when you, you, you sit on Instagram for like an hour or half an hour. You can't do that. You've got to be literally in the zone for like the four hours. Um, so there's two options, but... Um, I'm not about living a life you don't enjoy, so forget that. You want to be, you want to start your own business, crack on. And there's two options that can make it work without financial investment. Um, so yeah, do it while you're at university. You meet other like-minded people. That's my preferred option all the time um, because you can meet people that, that complement your skills. I'd have never met Brad if I didn't go there. Brad is the complete opposite of me and everything, and it's perfect. Uh, or go and work in retail and start a business there. I did that as well. So both of those work. Um, so yeah, um, uh, hopefully that answers your question. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't answer it, CK, but it's done. Um, are we done? Are we over? We are, are definitely. Well, we're over time, so. We're over time. This is how rigid we stick to this 26 minute drive time. Um, so if you have any other questions, uh, please message me on uh, Instagram. It's pwatto, P-W-A-T-T-O. Uh, I really appreciate you following the journey. It means a lot. Um, and if you can come over to YouTube and, and see other content, that'd be absolutely fantastic. Um, I really want to add value and provide as much value as possible. So if I can help with anything, please message me. I don't care what it is. Any simple advice, I'm happy to help with. Um, And yeah, thanks for listening.